Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. Let's get together and fight a fish for medical research in Australia's biggest fishing competition, the Pertec Fishing Challenge. Fish your favourite spots right across Australia. There's over $280,000 in cash and prizes to be won. It's only $30 plus postage to enter and we'll send you this cool cap, brag mat and sticker. Proudly supporting Prostate Cancer Foundation of Australia and the Peter Duncan Neurosciences Research Unit. Enter now at pertechfishingchallenge.com.au. Welcome back to Andy Raymond Unfiltered. This is the Legend Series with Matt Ballon, Part Two. Enjoy. Interesting, you mentioned the off-field dramas at a club that, you know, for as long as I can remember, and probably as it'll happen for another hundred years. There's, it's a political minefield and, and a power battle with guys that aren't afraid to voice their opinion and aren't concerned with who they upset. There are guys like that in this footy side too, Uh, very headstrong, very opinionated, tough guys as well. Bit of a tread cautiously approach for everyone. It must have been at different times because there was spot fires everywhere. Yeah, yeah. It was mainly off the field too for us. Like Manly's known for that, Um, but – but Manly's also known for having your back against the wall and coming together and yeah. being tight. So that, that that's basically what happened. You know, we'd have disagreements, like, but we'd make sure they stayed in-house. So it wasn't so much that they didn't get sorted out, but we'd have – because blokes training as hard as you can for as long as that, a preseason, yeah. there'd be – sometimes there'd be blues, but yep. we'd sort it out and then you'd go away after that and you go, okay, this is what I was talking about. This is where I can see what you're talking about. You know, mm. we'd come together and sort it out. We encouraged everyone to be honest and open mm. and and get the issue sorted no matter what. You know, Desi would be tough on Anthony Watmo and Anthony Watmo would be having a joke and Des wouldn't like it and he'd blow up and then they'd come back together and the next day they'd be joking again, you know. Yeah. Like it would be – it would just work, you know, and they'd, it wouldn't always happen – it wouldn't always sort itself out straight away. It might take a couple of days but – But it would sort itself it'd out. It would sort itself out, yeah, yeah. and that's that's just normal for blokes and in a high-pressure – High stress situation that's going to happen, and 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 we tried to deal with it the best we could, and I think we did a pretty good job. I'm going to pick out just one guy here, but Brett Stewart. I think a lot of people have actually forgotten how good and how informed he was, how untouchable he was at that time. Do you agree? Oh, I agree. Yeah, he. That's why he's my fullback. You know, like, and we had a we had a special bond. Like, it's funny. He, he, the story is that we always used to be like, you know, how they go around before the sheds and they do the fives yeah. in, the, in the huddle. So we used to do that at Manly and whenever me and Snake could go past each other, we wouldn't do a five or a shake. We'd shake hands. That's what we did. We'd wait till the very last one. And so every time we had this little – it was just like a thing that we did. We're yeah. the last ones to shake hands with each other. So one time was at Gosford. we go past each other in the in the huddle where they're doing it and we don't shake hands. And then at the end of it, Snake just takes off out of the field. He was he ran out. He was like vice-captain. He runs out by himself with behind Jamie Lyon. 
And I'm here stressing, going, fuck, right, we haven't shaken hands. Me and Stake haven't shaken hands. So we're going out there, and he's going back for the kickoff. He caught the kickoff, and I'm up the front, and I'm going, oh, this is not right, this is not right. Then all of a sudden he gets to the back, and he knew what he was doing. He's laughing. He's having a great time just being a jokester. He turns around and runs back up to me, and he goes, I didn't forget, Matty. We shake hands, and he goes no. back. So, and that was just him. Like he, it was, it's, a, it's a personal thing for me yeah. and him, but he knew that I was stressing because we hadn't shaken hands and a lot of consistency, and he was just full of fun. Yep. That's the way he played the game. Like you see with the, the pass through his legs to Stevie Maddow against Parramatta where he sets up a try. No yep. one else could do it. It's just fun for him. Mm. He loved having fun. He loved working hard. But he was one of the best fullbacks. He was rivaling um, Billy Slater. Yeah, most now, certainly. He, he had injuries and lost a bit of speed with his knees. But even when he came back from those injuries, he was still electric and still one of the most skillful fullbacks I've, mm. I've ever seen or played with. Also in 2011, the Battle of Brookvale. What do you yeah. remember? Oh, yeah, I remember Brett ran on as fast as he could in to save his – or not save his brother but back his brother up yep. and throw on a big haymaker. I remember Kieran Foran running over. This is the second fight and um, they were just into it. It was the first up breakout with Darcy Lussick and Ryan Hinchcliffe. Yeah. And before the game, Brent Kite had said, if there's a fight, make sure – and we've got the ball, make sure you stand up, play the ball, and, and then, then you start throwing punches after that. But – they had the ball anyway, but um, I just remember maroon and white jerseys flying in for support of, you know, Glenn who didn't need any, but we just wanted to be there. Yeah. And my spot was I was at the back just grabbing Billy Slater like pulling him out from behind. So Des always gives it to me about me not being in the fight and being at the back, but I was just trying to save anyone or get anyone out that I could. Yeah. But it was it was unbelievable. Chaos, um, just like surreal. That's the best word I could Describe it as I was just mm. standing there at Brookvale, thinking, "Is this actually happening? This massive fight and blue and, but it was, yeah, it was just the way things were with Manly and Manly and Melbourne. What a rivalry! Yeah. I, I, I miss those days yeah. where a rivalry can build yeah. to something like that. Yeah, me, yeah, me, me too. I mean, the fight obviously is a bad look, but yep, but it's something that we always talk about. Even the Hinchcliffe and the other boys always talk about it. Like they yeah. just think it's like this massive big moment. And we lost the game, Manly lost the game, but from then on I reckon we had it over Melbourne. We just yeah. we showed them that we were all in and we were ready to, to go no matter what. Like we were we were sort of we were footy players, but we were ready to fight if we needed to, yep. to to win games. So it was um it was a good it was a good night. We spoke about the premiership in 08. You'd win the premiership that year. Same feeling or different feeling? In eleven? Yeah. Um it was different. It, it was different, just as special, but 2008 had this feel about it. Like it was – I bet. Yeah, it was just a magical feel. Um, it's hard to describe winning a premiership, let alone, you know, the, the two of them and comparing them. A little bit of a different squad, like newer players like Kieran Foran, Daly Cherry Evans, yep. their first yep. year really in first grade. Um, but but same sort of generic feel, like just yeah. jubilation, like so much hard work that goes into it. Um you know, just an unbelievable effort from the club, like everyone that is involved. But, you know, if I'm being honest, 2008 was just this like feeling of like total joy, total satisfaction, yeah, yeah. total yeah. like just being in the moment, being all into something and having it come off. So they were different, both really special, but 2008 was better for me. At the end of 11, Desi left. Jeff Tuvey came in as coach. Hindsight, a wonderful thing. Pretty significant moment in the club's history, um, it didn't end well. Desi was missed and, and perhaps more than anyone thought. Yeah, I think so. You know, we 
Yeah, Desi puts a lot of work, a lot, a lot of work in behind the scenes. Anyone who knows Des mm. knows that he's like he's the head coach and he's the general manager and he's a strength and conditioner. Yeah. And he's the attack coach and the defence coach yeah. all in one. Like he is over everything, um, which can be annoying sometimes, but it just at least everyone knows exactly what he wants from them. And yeah. It's it's the way he coaches. Um, he's definitely got better as he's gotten older. Um, but he he left a big gap. Um, in, in saying that, you know, we, we did make the grand final in 13 yeah. under twos and we had a really good team and, we're you know, we're beating the, the Roosters by eight with 20 to go and we get run down, you know. So poor mm. old Tooves, you know, if Tooves wins that, that game, you know, he's a premiership winning coach. Yep. And he's done – he had a great team to start with and I thought he did a really good job leading up to that. Um it's a different story for for the club, I reckon. If we win that grand final in yeah. thirteen, just sets a. It's like a you know, it's a it's a dynasty. Three grand finals in what's that? Five years. Five seasons. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a different story. And mate, does that one still hurt? The f- yeah. You won two. You yeah. lost one. Yeah. Any normal person would take it. But does yeah. does the one loss still occupy too much? Headspace. It does, yeah, it does. Everyone always says, "Oh, you won two premierships," and I said, "Yeah, but I lost one." Yeah, and it sits with it. Well, the only reason I did, I, I think that way, is because we, we we had it won. Yep. But the Roosters had a stacked team, like Sonny Bill, Mitchell oh. Pierce, Maloney, yeah. Jennings, two of us, Ashek, Jared Hargraves, Friend, uh, Cordner, um, Guerra, all playing like, career best footy. Unbelievable team, mm. like stacked. But we 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 did the job to to. With 20 minutes to go, we should have had them, you know. Yep. If you go back to the first semifinal, the Roosters beat us in the first semifinal 4-0. Yeah. So we play another game against the Sharks who are a monster pack then with Fafita, Gallon, all those blokes. Yep. We we win that game. Then we play South Sydney in the prelim and they Burgess, all the other fellas yeah. playing really good footy. Reynolds, who's at Broncos now, and we beat them. So we're, we're fully worn out from three really tough games. Physical games, yeah. And then we get to the – 60th minute of the grand final, winning by eight, and we just run out of gas. Like mm. we just, we'd done everything. Glenn Stewart was concussed, I think, and Watmo was injured. Kite was injured. We're all just carrying injuries. So you you go back and break it down, and it was it was a really big ask to win it. But yep. we we you know looking back now, we we should have won it, and it does hurt. I'm really grateful to win too, but not to win that third one really does hurt. <laughs> Across your journey, there was another hooker, a guy called Smith, who yeah. he went all right. <laughs> he basically blocked representative hooking roles for a number of guys, yourself included. Frustrating at times being behind a guy that may well be a once-in-a-generation player. Yep. Yeah, definitely frustrating um, and probably – it probably brought out the best in in me as a player. Like yep. I just wanted to be better than him. I wanted yep. to. I never. I never really kicked stones about not being picked for Queensland. I just. I really wanted to get picked there, and I thought. I thought that I probably never get picked, so I was really grateful to get that one game. But whenever I played against him, it, it probably enhanced that rivalry, and I just yeah. based my game off him. I watched him every week, what he did, so I learnt a lot. But but in the end, it, it was frustrating. But there was nothing I could do about it. I sort yep. of backed my game on that. Like if I was frustrated, I'd just be like, "Well, can I control it? Not nah, get on with it and do this." But, but I mean, there's other blokes. Like there's you know Nathan Friend, um, uh, Jake Friend that, that got blocked by him. Nathan um, McCulloch got blocked by him. Yeah. Um, there's the list goes on and on and on. That blokes that didn't Absolutely. play Queensland because of him. But he, he changed the game for hookers and just a fantastic, fantastic player. 
Mate, let's go back to the night you wore Maroon, Wednesday, May 26, 2010. What did it mean? Oh, everything to me. Um, every, like from a young fellow watching the games back in Kingaroy, you know, watching all the, you know, the, the Jamie um, the Jamie Goddard, the young hooker back then. Yeah. Um, punching Joey Johns, like just yeah. the Jason Hetheringtons, um, the Walters, Stevie Walters. <laughs> All those blokes that played the game, John Doyle before Smith. Like, yeah. I just loved all those hookers, you know, probably especially Jason Hetherington, just a tackling machine. Agreed. Just loved that position, loved those players. So to get to play hooker in that team was – for Smith was fantastic, you know, and, and like I said before, looking left was Thurston, looking right was Lockyer, at the back was Slater, and then the forward back was Sivanasiva, Nate Miles, David Shillington, all these like – Monsters for Queensland that were just, yeah. you know, they were just fantastic players. Cooper Cronk was on the bench. He came yeah, off the bench and played right. hooker to replace me. Let's get together and fight a fish for medical research in Australia's biggest fishing competition, the Pertec Fishing Challenge. Fish your favourite spots right across Australia. There's over $280,000 in cash and prizes to be won. It's only $30 plus postage to enter and we'll send you this cool cap brag mat and sticker proudly supporting prostate cancer foundation of australia and the peter duncan neurosciences research unit enter now at protectfishingchallenge.com.au it was a dream come true um we played in new south wales which i would have loved to play in queensland that was the only thing that but it was great to play down there it was wet um you know we got away to a good lead against new south wales i came off and the new south wales sort of came back at the end and it was only four points that we won yeah but it was just a fantastic game. And like I said, I, I saw Smithy and Mal in the sheds and Smithy said, oh, am I going to get picked the next game, Mal? <laughs> just jokingly. And Mal was like, no, nah, mate, we're sticking with Matty. Nice. I was like, I'll hold you to that. Have you still got the jersey? Yeah, I've still got it, yeah. yeah. I, got, I, I get two and I um I wrote auction one off for the Queensland floods. The Queensland floods were 2011. Oh, auction one off for that. Yeah. I kept the other one. I still got the other one at home. So, yeah, yeah, but – um. Still got them and up, put them around the house with pride. Got to talk about it. A couple of years later, you'd leave Manly. Did it hurt? Run us through how it all unfolded. <laughs> yeah, it did hurt. Um, I gave every, I gave everything to that club and um, I just re-signed with Manly. It was yeah. when they were getting rid of Jeff Tuvey as coach. Jeff Tuvey got sacked and they brought Trent Barrett in. So I just re-signed for two years uh, earlier that year and then um, – when Tubes got sacked, the, the new coaching staff came in and they just said, look what you wanted. They brought Happy Coruscant. So they're going in a different way. Um, then I did my knee. I did my ACL and I was thinking, oh, I'm not going to get another club here. So I'm mm. just going to stay and do my best at Manly. Yep. Tigers came along and Jason Taylor picked me up from them. Um, and all I was really upset with Manly was about they didn't really talk to me about it. It was more just like the manager telling me and – I ended up having a call, phone call with Trent Barrett. Just said, "Mate, do you guys?" So I'm hearing from everyone that you don't want me, but I haven't actually spoken to you. You're the coach. Yep. You know, you make the call in the end. And he said, "Yeah, mate, we got we're getting Nappy Coruscant in. We're just moving in a different direction." I said, "Well, that's sweet. Just ring me and tell me yeah. that, and then everything would be Absolutely. okay." You know. Absolutely. And he said, "Yeah, sorry, mate. I, w- I should have done that." And we had a good conversation. Um, I was pretty upset with how it was handled. Just you know, just As you do been. the right thing. Yeah, I'd yeah. done. I'd given everything for the club and it was just handled in the wrong way. If they had just handled it a little bit better, it would have been okay. Um, it was never going to yep. be easy, but it would have been better handled. Then I went you went to the Tigers and mm. that was that. As you said, you went to the Tigers, Jason Taylor was there. Yep. Sometimes that fresh start 
is all someone needs. Sometimes it just doesn't work for yeah. whatever reason or reasons. Three games, two seasons, a multitude of knee injuries, it just didn't work. No, nah, it didn't. And I was really grateful for JT taking me on. And when, when they spoke to me, I said, um, I'd just done the ACL and they were interested in getting me. I spoke to JT and I said, mate, you know I've done my ACL, right? And he goes, yep, yep, we want to get you for leadership and to be one of the senior players here. So I was really – I admired him for that. Yeah. Oh, it's a big risk because he was a, that was his first year as a coach, I think, and he got this player that was on the back end of his career that had done his ACL. So yep. it was a big risk. Um, so for me, going there gave me a lot of confidence that it wasn't all about football. It was more about building behind the scenes with their yep. leadership group and yep. trying to change – the way the club was there. Every club needs that leadership group, mate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. And so my, my main thing when I went there, I couldn't train at the start because of the knee. And then I got back and we did a lot of work off the field with developing like Aaron Woods, Tedesco, Moses, Brooks, mm. all these guys that were coming through because they're all young. Um, and they didn't have many senior players. Like the most senior mm. was Chris Lawrence who was I think 28 at the time. He'd wow. been there for a long time but he was the most senior player. So we did a heap of work off field. Um 2016 was actually a really good year for the Tigers. They built, we came ninth. We were close to winning, winning a game against Canberra, which would have put us in the semifinals. And yeah. there was all off-field stuff with gambling and betting on games that Jason Taylor had to deal with. That's right, yeah. So all in all, that, that year for the club, the Tigers as a whole was really successful and we'd gone from, I think, second last to then ninth. It was shaping as a real good building. Yep. Prospect for JT and the Tigers. Um, I'd injured my knee. I come back against the Broncos. The Tigers actually beat the Broncos in a really good game, 17 16 at Suncorp. Mm. And I played in that game, but I did my ACL again. First or well, second oh. game back, stepped off my leg and just felt the ACL go. And so nine months of or 10 months of rehab down the drain and start again. So I had to go back to the blocks with that. And and during that off-season, um, the club had decided to go in a different direction from Jason Taylor. Yeah. They got rid of him. And I was really upset just because we'd done a great job. Well, he got me to the club, number one, so I felt I owed him a lot of loyalty. Okay, yeah. And number two, he was sacked like after the first trial or right close to the season and it just wasn't a good time for yeah. the club to sack a head coach. Like a ball had hardly been kicked. We'd done really well the year before. He was building the leadership group up. Um, you know, it was just a – it was handled poorly again. Yeah, it was. So I was really – I was a bit vocal. I just said what I thought behind the scenes with the club and, um, and you know, I was doing my best to come back and play. Um, and, and they the Andrew Webster stepped in as the um, interim coach and yep. then they eventually got um, uh, Cleary. Cleary Ivan is the head Cleary, coach. Yeah, Ivan Michael Cleary. Maguire. Yeah. That Jason Taylor period there – was the start of a uh, an era of instability for the yeah. Tigers that yep. really it's it's still relevant now. It, yeah, it is, and I was frustrated because JT had the best intentions for the club. He might not have been the best coach in the world, yep. but he was had the right intentions, and I, I thought he was actually a pretty good coach. He had some good assistance in David Kidwell. Everything was going in the right direction, um, and they just wanted change. Mm. And it was at the wrong time, and then that led to Ivan coming, who then led to him changing to Madge coming. It just added to a you know a trickle on of coaching changes that yeah. I, I didn't think needed to happen for a club trying to rebuild. Yep. 
you know, and hopefully they've you know they've settled on Tim and Benji and them now. So I think that's a that's a long term plan that the club has taken and they've finally learnt. So I think that's great. Manly players going into other systems. Over this era, we saw you, we saw Anthony Watmo, Glenn Stewart, Kieran Foran all move from the Eagles elsewhere. None of it ended well. Is there a reason or simply coincidence? I always said when I left Manly, I didn't think I would be the same player at another club and I genuinely believe that. Mm. I don't know why. It was just something that was instilled in me when I went to Manly that you do everything for the team and the you know, and I, it doesn't mean I wasn't trying at the Tigers. I was trying the best I could, but I just felt once I'd left Manly that I that I it was just I didn't have the same I don't know feeling when I played for another club. Yep, it was just that makes and sense. That, and no matter how hard you try and take on, and, and I love the Tigers and love the players there, love the coaching staff, but I just didn't personally feel like I was the uh, the same player. Maybe physically mm. I wasn't as good. But there was just something about Manly, and you alluded to it with Glenn, Brett, Anthony, Fozza, um, those guys. You know, Stevie Maddow would rather retire than go and play for another club. Yeah, it was just the mentality and how to to, to play for Manly. You you had to kind of have that mentality. It was like a siege mentality, where it was just us against them. We never really spoke to other players from other teams. Yep, we just stuck to the Northern Beaches and were tight. Yeah. And, and now it's different because players move around a lot lot more, but it was just this mentality that, that made us us against them. And so successful. And successful, yeah. yeah. Yep. The knee injuries, they were brutal. They were ongoing. It's yeah. part of the deal as a professional athlete. It's out of your control. Um, tough way to finish though? Yeah, frustrating, tough. Um, for so, Like when you said before you played every game, I, I, every year I sat down before the year and said I want to play every game and every minute of every game mm. at, at, the, every, at the year. And when it got to the end of my career, I was barely playing a game. So mm. mentally frustrating, just like disappointing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm someone who prided themselves on, on, on quantity of work that he did and doing it all for the team was really frustrating and I couldn't, I couldn't give that same level of – Output on the field because of two ACLs and the other knee started to play up and and by the end of it I just had to make a call I wasn't doing my teammates a service being in their squad because there was a spot for some other young hooker that could have yeah. come through and I wasn't I didn't have any output on game day I was sort of training during the week and doing a bit during mm. the week but nothing on the game day but to answer your question it was frustrating and just something that went against everything that I stood for as a player so I, I had to call it quits at that point in time. You've moved into the coaching life. Um, some say it's addictive. Have you got yeah. the bug? Yeah, it's definitely addictive. I, I see traits of Desi Hasler, like thinking about watching video all the time and talking to players about it, uh, you know, and you just see as a player you're like, why does he talk about footy all the time? Like that's all he wants to talk about with me. But it becomes like this drug and this addiction yep. that you want those guys to get better and you enjoy it so much and you want to talk to them about it. So I have to stop myself talking about it on days off and yeah. go and do something else to get away and refresh it. But definitely addicted to it, definitely love it, definitely want to see, you know, the the players that I coach get better. So I know I'm doing the right thing. Look at the Broncos in 23, look into the Ballon Crystal Ball. What are you expecting? What are you hoping? Oh, I'm, I'm expecting big things mm. and, and without putting pressure on us, um, internally we've worked really hard in the off-season on simple things in the game as far as like effort areas. Yep. You know, we, we need to improve our defence. We know that. We were always 
pretty good at attacking. So defensively, we need to be better. And we've held mm. each other really accountable. I think it's been really honest conversations, you know, whether we've messed up on an edge or, or been left on the ground, we need to work on those effort areas has been the clear talk from Kevy yep. and, and all the other coaches and all the players. So, you know, look, with this club, we've got a, such a young group that are really physical, really talented. Um, yep. You know, we, we want to do the best we can, which we want finals football, and we're not afraid to say that. It's not an expectation we're putting on each other. We're just holding each other accountable to what we think we can deliver. 220 NRL games, 15 finals, two premierships, a World Club Challenge, a Maroon jersey, plus the Adidas Sexiest Man in League. <laughs> Thank you. Always a pleasure to deal with and a great advertisement for the game, for your club, your hometown and your family. Matty Ballon, you, sir, are a legend. Cheers, Andy. Thanks, mate. In 2023, this is what you can expect from Unfiltered. The Legend Series starts your working week featuring interviews with some of the game's finest, in-depth and personal. We talk footy and life in a subtle mix you can't or won't hear anywhere else. On Thursday, the Rugby League Superpod returns 12 different player interviews every single episode. It's fast-paced and if you like a laugh with your footy, this is for you. It's the weekly show you can't miss. Then on Saturday, it's Dream Team time. Who would you name in your best ever 13? We ask that question to players past and present. We don't always agree, but that's what it's about. The ultimate argument starter. Who is the best 13 ever? Be sure to follow us on social media to keep up to date on who's coming onto the podcast. We're all over Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Andy Raymond. Or you can check out the website, andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. Before you go, do a mate a favour and when you're done here, leave a five-star rating and write a quick review for us on the podcast app you're listening on. In terms of business, it's huge for us and it allows us to keep creating the content you love for free. Make sure you come back soon, legends. Thank you.